Welcome to another episode of B-School, a living case study in aligned action. I'm your host, Taylor Elise Morrison, speaker, facilitator, and founder of Inner Workout. B-School is a personal development podcast for collective change. So join me in becoming a student of yourself and the world around you. Let's get studying. Hello, welcome back to another episode of B-School. I am so glad that you're here. Before we dive into this week's episode, I want to take a moment and ask you if you've rated and or reviewed the podcast. I know it seems like such a basic ask and every podcast that you listen to asks for it, but we ask because it makes a big difference. So if you could take two seconds and do that, that would mean the world to me. And if you've already done that and you're like, Taylor, check and check, maybe share this podcast with a friend. If there's an episode that meant something to you, maybe send them a text or post it in their stories. More people find out about the podcast because people like you choose to share it. Okay, let's get to do with this week's episode. So we've been in the series on paradox and nuance. Last week, we talked about the paradox of caring. And this week, we're talking about the paradox of intuition. So to preface all of this, y'all need to know that I'm a feelings person. Like as much as I try to seek out feedback and look at the numbers, I always consult my gut when I'm making decisions. It's something that I've done for as long as I can remember. I'll have these feelings and we'll talk more about how I validate those feelings, but it shows up in my personality. Myers-Briggs is not my favorite personality assessment. I just find that I'm on the line of introverted and extroverted. I'm on the line for different things, but the feelings piece more or less stays consistent. I think there may have been a couple times I took it and got the thinking, but overall I'm like pretty much a feelings person. And then in human design, I think I've mentioned on this podcast that I was able to have a reading with Phoenix Rose earlier this summer. And it said like, yep, you are all about the feelings and you actually have to give yourself some space when you're making decisions to sort through those feelings. And the reason I mention that is because when we're talking about intuition, so much of it is this feeling, this gut feeling. And so I want you to know that for me, as I'm talking about it, it's as a person who intentionally seeks out data and numbers to help me make decisions because my tendency is to do it primarily based on my gut. So coming back to paradox, which just means that more than one thing can be true at once, and we're looking at the paradox of intuition, I want to hold space to explore the fact that you can trust your intuition and that you also can't trust your intuition. And this is something I've wrestled with a lot. So let's start with being able to trust your intuition. I've spent the past several years learning how to trust my intuition and giving myself permission to trust my intuition. And this is something that I still feel like I'm in the weeds doing this work. I still, as recently as the past week or so, notice myself trying to outsource my own wisdom. 
or to bring in external validation to tell me that my wisdom is right. This can come in the form of me talking to all of my friends when I'm making a decision because I, in my heart, in my gut, know what decision I want to make, but I just want to hear someone else tell me that, yeah, you're right, Taylor, which can be confusing if they offer a differing opinion than what I know to be true. Or I look for an article that says like, yeah, this strategy that feels really right to you also has been proven to work for other people too. Or I'll look for a trend. I'll look for anything external to me to let me know like, yeah, Taylor, your inner wisdom, that intuition is actually right. And I will have these moments where I can feel my inner voice telling me to take a path. And there's been a business decision that I've been considering and it'll feel right. And I can feel that whisper of like, Ooh, maybe you need to tiptoe in this direction. And then I'll pull myself back and I'll ignore my intuition because I'm afraid that people will say, Oh, she's a failure or whatever horrible thing. The imaginary people, the imaginary them in your head is going to say, they'll say that she's a failure or why is she pivoting or why is she doing all of these different things? And so then it will just kind of render me motionless and I just stay still where I'm at, ignoring my intuition. This isn't something that's unique to me. And I bet for those of you who are listening, you can think of an instance in your own life where you've heard your intuition and haven't acted on it. Or you can relate to the experience of not feeling like you can really trust your intuition. You've got to go someplace else for that validation, for that truth. And I think this is something societal. We're taught to make rational decisions. And a lot of times the rational decision isn't based on just hard facts and data. You're considered rational when you do what most other people do. When you get the type of job that the people in the neighborhood that you grow up in get. And you get the type of education that they got. And you choose the type of partner that everyone else chose. That's considered rational. And if you can't hear, I've got air quotes there. So that's considered rational. But that doesn't necessarily, just because more people act that way, that doesn't mean that it's right. But we've been kind of taught this is the rational thing to do, which isn't even the proper use of the word rational. This is the right path to take. And so if we feel called in a different direction or to make a decision outside of that norm, then we question ourselves or people question us. And so there's this schism between what you might feel called to or drawn to and what you feel like you're supposed to do that can start pretty young, unfortunately. I think of people who grew up in like really gendered homes who might have really wanted to play with like a truck, but then they were told, no, you got to play with Barbies, you got to play with the dolls, and you have to wear these frilly dresses. We can experience these disconnects between what intuitively feels right to us and what we should, quote unquote, should be doing. If 
from a young age that only multiplies as we get older. At least that's when what my experience has been is that the older I get, the more I see all of these shoulds that are placed on me. And thankfully, because of the self-awareness that I'm working on building and the inner work that I've been doing, I'm able to kind of throw those shoulds back at people. But that takes intention. And we we don't all always have that intention. Sometimes I'm not intentional. And I realize that life is feeling so heavy. And it's because I'm heavy with the expectations of other people. So reconnecting to your intuition, honoring your inner voice, that work is important. I think there are so many instances where we can trust our inner voice and our inner wisdom. And there is this truth there that's just waiting for us to access it. In the times where I do honor my inner wisdom, that has led to some of the most beautiful outcomes. So I've seen this truth that you can trust your intuition. And then on the other end of the spectrum, I've also experienced situations where it's clear that I can't trust my intuition. So bringing it back a little bit, I, at Allstate, if you remember, in Allstate, I worked there for total a little over two years, but in two different stints. And my first stint at Allstate, I was in my first rotation of a leadership development program, and I was working in the overall HR department, working on employee experience. And I had this opportunity to become an internal facilitator for unconscious bias content. And that was the first time I was really introduced to that terminology and this idea that our brain is always making these shortcuts because it wants to make our life easier. And these shortcuts don't necessarily have to be good or bad, but they get so ingrained into our way of being, they become almost intuitive for us. But sometimes they're impeding the way that we interact with people in situations and events. And so I started that work around unconscious bias at Allstate, and that conversation around unconscious bias has only become more relevant since that 2015-2016 timeline, and I happen to be facilitating content with that, with the work that I do for Franklin Covey and for their clients, and so I've seen societally, we're talking more about unconscious bias, implicit bias, and how that plays out in interviewing, how that plays out in policing, how that even plays out for us in our day-to-day life and the people that we choose to interact with. And so there's this truth that there are many instances in which we can trust our intuition, but we also have to acknowledge that our intuition is shaped by our life experiences. It's shaped by what our parents told us as we were growing up, what we were or were not exposed to, what we saw on TV, what we heard in music, who was represented and who wasn't represented, how people were represented. All of these things, our brain took them in and created these shortcuts 
and said, I'm going to react this way when I see this type of thing. I'm going to react this way when I see that type of thing. And so our intuition has some bias. We might feel that a certain person is safe to go to or unsafe to have a conversation with or even interact with. And that's based on our experience. It's based on our unconscious bias, which has told us who is safe or who isn't safe. For me, I noticed that I feel safest with other women of color. And I remember earlier this year, I was at Alt Summit and I ended up sitting next to this woman who was incredible. And she looked kind of ethnically ambiguous. And in my own bias, I read her as being some type of being of color in some way. I couldn't exactly read it. And it turns out that she was just a darker skinned Italian woman. And I immediately like felt drawn to her at what was a relatively white conference, felt drawn to her, felt this level of comfort with her because of my own conscious bias, because of the way that my intuition was biased. And whether she turned out to be Italian or turned out to be some other ethnicity, that wouldn't have necessarily changed the affinity that we had for each other. But my first hit was like, oh, this is another woman of color. She's safe. I'm safe with her. I can be myself with her. And we all have instances like that where we intuitively, because of our own bias, have stories that we tell ourselves about what we can and can't do, who we can and can't engage with. And you have to be aware of that. Our intuition isn't just this pure thing that is untouched by the way that our world works. It's a product of it. And so it is true both that your intuition can have this beautiful truth and wisdom to share with you, and that also it can be perpetuating some of the ugliness of our world. Those things can both be true. So what do we do about it? It's finding the nuance. You have to ride that wave of the nuance. So you can listen to your intuition and you can also question it. Say, ooh, this feels right. Why why does it feel so right? Where is that coming from? Or that person seems really safe. That's the obvious candidate to go with. They're things, this is a corporate one that gets thrown around all the time. They're such a culture fit they would fit right in. Then we've got a question, what does it mean for someone to be a culture fit? How am I expecting them to fit in? And is that adding to our team? Or is that maybe limiting us in terms of diversity and equity and inclusion and the benefits that we could reap by having these outside opinions and perspectives? So you can listen to it, you can feel it, And also ask yourself some questions about where this feeling is coming from. You can honor your wisdom and be so grateful for the wisdom that comes from within. And also acknowledge that some of it might be compromised. Some of those truths might be based on things that aren't true for you, that aren't aligned to your values, that aren't helping you build the world that you want to build. So I am trying to do a better job in my own life, and this is something that I want for you too, is to listen to your intuition, 
to allow it to have its say, to be grateful for whatever it has to share, and to also be curious, be inquisitive, get to the root of where whatever is being shared by your intuition is coming from, what it might be colored by, and make sure that you making this decision that's aligned to what your intuition is saying, that's based on what your intuition is saying, making sure that your values are there too. This is messy stuff. Dealing with paradox is messy stuff. Acknowledging that multiple things can be true isn't easy. It's not cut and dry. And the answer that I keep coming back to as we sit with paradox is that it's about asking questions. There's not going to be this black or white answer. You have to be so engaged with every aspect of your life if you want to explore what paradox looks like and how it plays out in your life. So I invite you to consider your intuition this week, to listen to it, to notice it, to ask it questions, and to see what new insights you might gain in the process. Thank you so much for listening, and I will be back in your earbuds next week. Thanks to Andres Rodriguez for the intro and outro music. You can keep in touch with me on Instagram at Taylor Elise Morrison. Elise is E-L-Y-S-E. And check out the resources on my website at taylorelise.com.